Hey, this is Stephen, and I want to welcome you or welcome you back to the Grove Church Podcast. For more information or to find more resources like this one, be sure to visit us at grove.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope the following message is encouraging and meaningful to your life. Well, good morning, good morning. Let me welcome you for the second time to the Grove. We are so glad that you are with us this morning and you picked a good day to be in church. Not only is it one big Sunday where we bring all of our family into the service, but we are kicking off a brand new sermon series called Welcome to the Party. Now, this is something I'm really excited about this series because ultimately it will crescendo into our second birthday, but it gives me the chance and us the chance for the next couple of weeks to do a little bit of revisionist history. And the reason I say that is because my, my guess is maybe you've had the experience growing up that church was often a place that was serious, it was quiet, um, and it was very intentional and focused on what we were here to do this morning. And I think the unfortunate part about that is the conclusions that that leads us to draw about how we're supposed to live our lives and the conclusions that it leads us to draw about who Jesus was are actually very different than I think what scripture tells us about Jesus and about the way he lived and about the things that surrounded Jesus and the nature of the environments surrounding Jesus. If you look in scripture, what you find is that over and over and over again, Jesus is in the middle of some big party that's happening. And if it wasn't a party before he got there, once he showed up, it often turned into a party. And so for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about why that is. What it means to live as if life is a party. What would it mean to be a church that celebrates parties in the same way that Jesus did? And so this morning, to start this whole series, I could think of no better way to get us going than to bring in an expert on parties. Now, sometimes... I do a little bit of research before the sermon and I kind of build up a knowledge base so that I can be a momentary expert on whatever it is we're talking about. But clearly, uh, I had to bring in the big guns on this one. So we are gonna have a conversation. I'm gonna have a conversation with my good friend, Paige Chenault. Paige Chenault is the founder and chief birthday enthusiast at an organization called the Birthday Party Project. And they do a lot of really cool stuff for some really cool kids, but I'm gonna let her tell you about that, but check out this first. All right, well, Grove, will you help me give a big, warm welcome to Paige Nall. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Well, hi, my friend. Thank you for being here with us this morning. I am so glad to be here um, with my church family. This is such a tremendous honor, so thank you. Awesome. Well, we're really, really excited about the conversation this morning and what all we're going to get to learn about and learn from y'all about how you do parties so well and what the major components are. But as we watch this video, it's clearly that's a collaboration of a bunch of parties that you throw and kind of sets the tone and the mood for what your parties look like. But I know it didn't start that way. Mm-hmm. So this kind of feels like a little bit of a crazy idea. Like you just throw birthday parties for a living, uh, which actually sounds awesome. But how, where did this idea come from? 
So I actually used to throw parties for a living. I had an event planning firm for about 10 years. And while I was pregnant with our daughter, Lizzie, I was on an airplane and I was flipping through a magazine reading about kids' birthday parties. And these were, this was before Pinterest, everyone. So the pictures were Pinterest-worthy images of birthday parties. And I just got so excited thinking about all the ways that I could celebrate her given the fact that that's what I did for my job. Um, and so as I'm sitting on this airplane, super pregnant, really excited, dreaming about what could be for Lizzie, I put that magazine down and I picked up a magazine and um, opened a Time article um, about children living in Haiti. And so I opened this magazine to this image of a little boy and he is standing in the middle of a dirty street. There are people in the background of this image, yet no one really seemed to notice this little boy. And he was staring right at me. And all I could think was, what about him? And over and over again, it was, what about him? And in my life, I have heard God's voice audibly twice, and this was one of them. It was, you can do something about this little boy. And so I burst into tears on this airplane ride. I get home from my trip, and the first thing I do is I go to Colin, and I say, Colin, we're gonna celebrate children that need to be celebrated. Look at this, these kids in Haiti, they need our love and attention. And he's like, hold up, wait up. You are super pregnant. You have a huge book of business. Like, what, Paige, wait. So I like to say that he's God's voice of discernment in my life. Um, one's the gas, and I'm guessing absolutely. one's the break. Absolutely, yeah. mm -hmm. absolutely. You've, you've, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so I heard that too. I realized that there was something stirring inside of me, that there was something more that I could be doing, but it wasn't quite time. Um, and so we took some time to understand what it would look like to celebrate children, not necessarily in Haiti, but in our backyard, because what I know is that there are children within miles of my home that need to feel celebrated. And so um, as my daughter grew and as my business continued to grow, um, there was just this moment of actually celebrating Lizzie and everybody's gathered around her singing happy birthday. And I, I thought it's now or never. It is time to use these skills to give back to other kids. So from the first moment on the plane to the time of Lizzie's party, you're like, all right, now's the time. How long was this? Um, so she was born in 2008, and we launched the birthday party project in 2012 here in Dallas. Okay, so this kind of marinated in your brain and in Absolutely. your heart and lives for like four years before you're ready to say, okay, now it's time. Yes, but I didn't ignore it. I just pushed it to the side for a little while. Sure. But I, I let it continue to just kind of work in me. Yeah. Right, okay, so you make the commitment, like now is the time, Yeah. then what? I don't, where do you go from there? Like, right. how do you start? Where do you find people to celebrate and how do you do all of this? So what we, what we realized is that um, this could look a lot of different ways. And so we started to just like understand what does homelessness look like? Um, because what I thought homelessness was is very different than what it actually is. And so we really started to unpack this. They, we realized that there are families that were one paycheck away and a health crisis led them to a shelter. We're dealing with um, victims who are fleeing domestic violence, human trafficking incidents. Um, and then there are chronically homeless families. Yeah. So we went down to Family Gateway and we said, okay, we have this idea. And by we, I really mean I. Um, and so I said, I have this idea. Just bear with me. We want to celebrate kids in your shelter, and we want to do it every single month. We want to show up every month. We want to celebrate their birthdays. We'll make it fun and festive. I promise this is what I do for a living. And she said, 
People come in and out of our lives all the time. People show up for one month or two month, two months, and then they disappear. And so I ask that if you decide to do this, that you commit because kids crave consistency. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard that, I realized, oh gosh, this is no longer something that I can do as an idea. If we're going to do it, we have to do it well because these are children's lives at stake. And so hearing that, I gathered my favorite friends and family and I just kind of said, guys, I don't know what's gonna happen tonight, but we're gonna celebrate 11 birthdays in January. We're gonna just throw a big party we're going to celebrate them big, let them open presents and blow out candles on a cake, and let's just pray that it works. And there it was. Okay, so talk us through, I'm just trying to imagine what that felt like. You have this plan, you have this dream, you feel like God's spoken to you and giving you a clear vision for what this is supposed to be. It marinates for four years, then you decide to do it, you show up, you finally find the partnership, and you bring your friends in. What were your expectations for that first part? Like, what was the fee? I would imagine I'd be terrified. Like, I have no idea what but I guess you do this for a living, so maybe you had more confidence than so I, I might terrified. have. Okay. Yeah, okay. terrified. So I plan parties for big people, big all over the world, like, you know, all this stuff. Nothing of that was ever scary. This was terrifying. Kids are scary at this age. You know, I don't know what, am I cool enough? Like, what's going to happen here? So we show up, and I truly, I think I was shaking the entire party. Um, and I just kind of said, like, I don't know, but let's just, so we had a bracelet making station. We had a tattoo station. We had coloring. We had a ball that we threw inside of a, of a, a community area. Like, I don't know. We turned the music on. Do they like this kind of music? Should I change the kind of music? I mean, I'm in my head the entire hour and I'm like dripping in sweat truly. So when it comes time to celebrating these kids, we had 11 birthdays that night and I'll never forget it. We lined them all up and we called them by name. And every time that we called them by name, the momentum and the energy in the room grew and people got really excited for their fellow roommates. And that's when I got excited, just seeing their, these kids and their, you know, some of them are insecure and not looking anyone in the eye, very sullen, and then all of a sudden they roll back their shoulders. They stand up a little straighter. Um, and so we sing happy birthday, and everybody blows out their candles and erupts in cheering. And um, after that, this little boy, Micah, he was 11 at the time, comes over to us. And we bought, we bought him Legos, and I was like, I don't even know if that's cool for Micah, Legos, I'm not sure. Um, and we bought him Legos, and he came up afterwards, and he said, Miss Paige, thank you so much. This is the first birthday party I have ever had. And oh. in that moment, in that moment, I knew that we were on to something extraordinary. So you celebrate 11 birthdays, this first party. At least one of the children has never had a birthday party before. Yes, and that happens all the time. All the time. Oh my God. So where do you go next? After this first one, clearly there's something here. I think what, I, what we set out to do was to celebrate children living in circumstances that otherwise may not have the opportunity to be celebrated. And then what I realized is like, this is not just a party, this is a movement. Like this is, this is like joy rising month after month after month. And so um, really all of this grew because of grassroots efforts. Mm. Uh, I told my friends, hey, we're doing this thing, we're gonna see if it works, you know? And then our friends gathered around. Colin and I just started to share the stories of, our, of this party and our experiences, and people started to show up on our doorstep literally with presents and supplies. And I, I, I 
realize, oh yes, we all have this in common. We all want to feel celebrated and yeah. known. And, um, and so this continued to grow and we had to continue to add opportunities to celebrate children. So I, I know f from talking with you about this, the, the goal isn't the birthday party. The goal is what the birthday party allows y'all to do. Yes. How quickly did you discover that, those truths in that? What were the things that you realized that birthday parties would allow you to share and give and to provide that maybe in its original idea uh, wasn't fully clear? I think for a while, just because I am an event planner, um, I was really focused on the logistics of the party. How are we going to make it more operational? How are we going to scale it? What will it look like? How do we get from point A to point B? What happens when another birthday kid arrives and we didn't plan for them? Like, how do we think on our feet? And so because of that, I, I wasn't able to see the bigger picture for quite some time. And I was in the weeds of all the parties, for sure. Um, but sometimes when you're in the weeds, you don't always get to take a step out and just watch something magical unfold. And so I think it was probably toward the end of that first year, maybe into the second year um, even, that I started to see more and more of the magic because of the connections that we were able to make during these parties. So for instance, we like to say that joy changes lives and a joyful community can change the world. And we believe that because we believe that these parties, we have seen that these parties are more than just like this happiness feeling, you know, this like very fleeting moment that joy is lasting. Um, and I think that when we experience joy, it kind of starts to unveil this sense and feeling of belonging. And that's what I started to notice, is like there are families that live next door to one another in these agencies that have no idea who, they, who one another is. They don't feel like they have a place to belong, but our parties are providing that connecting point of bringing people together. And so now they're in this like sense of community together. And, um, and when you see that, when you see the people, not just birthday enthusiasts like me, um, sitting down and talking to a kid, but moms talking to one another, and kids that didn't know each other before, now they're running around together. Or my kid is running around with the other kids. Like the community aspect of that was so mm. powerful for me to just understand that like, when we feel known, I think is when we start being called into living out purpose. And I started to see that over and over again. That's amazing. I can imagine that at the first couple of parties, as this was beginning to reveal itself and become clear, I bet it just made you even more excited to talk about it, to share about it, to create opportunities for other people to get involved. So what did, how did this expand? Because I know that it started with a couple of parties once a month, and now we're not at that place. But what did the in-between look like? So it's so fun to be able to talk about this in church <laughs> because I can really talk about the power of God and like how, um, how faithful he has been to me in um, hopefully me living out what he had in store for me. But I will say that people have been like just the catalyst for our growth and the stories are extraordinary. So starting at one agency a month, which was Family Gateway, then we moved into Genesis Women's Shelter because we had an opportunity to grow. We knocked on 
on their door. But truly, we had amazing gifts very early on. Um, a very, in fact, a very good friend of mine that's here today, um, Billy Taylor, we didn't know each other at all, but he picks up the phone one day and says, I have somebody that wants to make a significant gift to your organization. And I believe that uh, they have the resources, but not the time, and you got nothing but time. And I was like, you are so right about that. I have nothing but time. And I will say that that was an incredible catalyst for our growth. And I mentioned that because I think that it's important that we realize that when we do have a resource to give or something that's tugging at us, that the impact of that gift has been felt for literally years. It allowed us to propel, it propelled ourselves into a place of like, well, I can't do this alone because I also have this other actual job but I need somebody that knows things that I don't know about nonprofit. So it allowed us to hire somebody. Yeah. And we got somebody in that could um, help us navigate the nonprofit waters um, on a part-time basis. And so we just slowly chipped away at this organization, little by little, day at a time, um, and, and started to just watch the evolution of like people coming together, bringing their best gifts, their best selves, not always money, but a lot of time into this. And that's like when we really started to take off. And, and I've been to a, a party with y'all, and my assumption is far different than what my, my experience was. It's not just for adults. Whole families come and serve. Was that the case from the beginning? Did that change and evolve over time? Because that's got to be a kind of a, a neat experience to watch families interact with other families who they would probably have no real opportunity to interact with in any other environment. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that's felt like and looked like for y'all? Yes, so birthdays are for everyone. We all have a birthday, right? And so I wanted to make sure that if we were going to do this, everyone could participate. Uh, Lizzie Chenault has been participating in these parties since the very beginning, and she comes in and makes friends with everyone. We've had people in their 90s come to these parties, so we do believe that birthdays are for everyone. Whether you're coming with American Airlines, Chris has brought a group in with his employees and building team morale, or you're coming as a family, or our small group has come to volunteer with us. And when we come into this place, when you come into a party, it's not about what are we doing for them? It's about how are we celebrating together? So for us, that was a really, that was important. Is like, if we're, if we're going to let kids come in, we want kids to be kids. We know that kids like cupcakes, whether you're on the receiving end or you're on the giving end, you want a cupcake and party favors. So we allowed right. everyone to kind of participate at their, whatever level that looked like. It's, I think that's one of the unique things about your organization, at least in my experience, working with nonprofits is sometimes it's really hard to find one that your whole family can participate with. It's hard to find one that allows kids of all ages to come and to serve and have an opportunity to give back. Um, and so I think that's amazing that y'all have that opportunity. Thanks. Thanks. I think um, for us, the other thing I think it, it's helpful is that it kind of... Um, I think that we break down some pretty significant socioeconomic barriers in yeah. doing these parties. And so it allows the conversations to just to flourish. And I am grateful that my kid realizes there are children just like her, the like the same things that she likes. They're just living in different circumstances. And circumstances do not define a human being, right? right. And so she has this opportunity to see that. And that has been important from the very beginning that we were able to include her in that. Yeah. I would imagine that for those who get to come and participate in your parties, more on the volunteer side, there's some significant um, kind of opportunities to 
think about things differently, to be experienced with things differently, but I also know that you've got a lot of stories on the other side as well about what these birthday parties have done in the lives of some of the kids. Do you have any one that comes to mind? I'm sure you got a lot, but is there one that stands out about just the power and the impact that these parties can have? I mean, guys, we could be here all day if you really want to, because I could tell these stories forever, but I know that we have like a time limit. So, um, so we call our volunteers birthday enthusiasts, and we do that on purpose because we don't want this to be just another opportunity for you to go, check the box I volunteered, and walk out the door. We want you to come and bring your best self into this party and to enjoy every aspect of it. So our birthday enthusiasts, um, that's what we call you. When you show up to a party, you become a birthday enthusiast, and we're lifers that way. And then we have what we call party coordinators. And okay. so party coordinators are um, volunteers that host parties on our behalf. So one time, um, this is a story that I really like because it does tell, uh, it shows the extent to which our um, parties really make a tremendous impact. But um, we had been celebrating at Family Gateway every single month for years and years and years. And um, a couple of years ago, we had birthday enthusiasts that came back. They came in June and they got to come back in September, the same group of people. And the same children and families were living there. So they were excited because they're connecting with their people again. Like, how have you been? It's been so long, we, have, we haven't seen you. Our party coordinators are there every single month at the same location. So they know these families, they know their stories. The hugs and high fives are significant in these moments. So there is a family of a dad and three brothers, and the oldest brother, his name is Taurus. And Taurus was turning 18 in this shelter. And the families from June remembered Taurus and was like, I can't believe it's your birthday already. You've been talking about this. This is so great. Uh, they were the one that, just, that brought him the gift card. Uh, they got him a gift card for his birthday because they had had a conversation about school. And our party coordinator, Christy, is there and overseeing this whole thing. And, and it's a petting zoo in September, guys. So imagine this 18-year-old boy, but he's got his cowboy hat on that's too small and his bandana <laughs> and he's lined up in front of his cake and we sing happy birthday birthday to him and he blows out his candle and everybody goes crazy. His brothers are nearby and he opens his gift and he's like, oh, thank you so much. You got me what I asked for. I need this because I need to pay for books in college. And Christy's like, college, tell us about college. What do you tell, what's going on? And he said, well, I'm at El Centro right now and I'm taking classes and I, and so they start having this conversation, find out that he's making a 4.3, you guys, at El Centro and he cannot get his next, he can't go to the next classes until he gets his books paid for and he's gotta use that gift card for books. Well, everybody's hearing this story and they all rally around Taurus. And so the stories continue and the next month they come and they bring him a calculator and they find a way to pay for his, his presents. And they bring him a package of mechanical pencils. And that's the first thing he opens before the calculator. And, he's, and he takes one out of the box and he gives the box back. And they're like, no, Taurus, you can keep all of these pencils. He's like, wait, all, I can keep all of these pencils? Like just this sense of gratitude and like I'm worthy of all of these things? Well, fast forward and Taurus is 20 now and he is in his second year at SMU because of our birthday enthusiasts. He has been able to make, it's amazing. It's, amazing. it's just extraordinary, it's extraordinary. The power of people and just listening to that like gut like intuition, like if you feel it, you do it, right? Mm -hmm. And these people, they acted on it in a way that I was just, I'm blown away. That's amazing. I think, as I think about it from the standpoint of like 
the church, I think so often we pray for God to change things, mm. for God to change the world, for God to move and make things that feel bad and awful and terrible, not bad, awful, and terrible anymore. But what I love about this story is the way that it highlights the fact that oftentimes the way that God works in the world is through God's people. Mm that God empowers us and equips us with all of the tools, skills, resources, and abilities that we need to be able to make a difference. It's just finding the opportunities, finding the moments, and having the presence of mind and the awareness to see a need and then to meet the need. Mm -hmm. um, because Tarsus' life is on a totally different trajectory. Totally. But it, while we can attribute it to God, it was through the work of people. And so I think that's what is so amazing about this organization is the opportunities that it creates for God to work through people. Yes. I mean, I've seen people that love to bake show up every single month and bake cupcakes. I see people that love to wrap come into our warehouse and wrap presents. We see people that love to sing, lead karaoke in front of 85 teenagers. I couldn't, that's like See, that's terrifying. what I want to come and do is I want to lead karaoke. Karaoke, yeah. you know. <laughs> My next life as a rock star. <laughs> it just proves that we all have something to give, right? And really, it requires us showing up. And when we show up, that's like where the magic happens. That's where joy is found. It's just in showing up for one another and seeing what's possible. That's, that's so fun. I know there's one other story that I've heard you share that happened fairly recently that kind of caught you by surprise. Will you tell a little bit about the young lady that you... Um, Are we talking about Francesca? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so... Uh, so I believe in the power of our celebrations and I know that our impact is lasting. I know it. I know it because I know that God would not have put me in this place if that wasn't the case. But I don't always get to see it and to feel it the way that I can with Taurus or, you yeah. know, families sometimes they're moving from one place to the next place to the next place. I may never see them again. We may never see them again. And so we don't actually know what that looks like. So recently I had the pleasure of um, talking to some folks at Frito-Lay. And so I finished my conversation with some people at Frito-Lay and in a room and I'm, I'm having, I'm talking over here with somebody and all of a sudden this gal comes out from the side and she comes up to me and she shakes, takes out her hand, and she's visibly shaking. And I kind of look over and look up, this tall girl. And I said, hi, I'm Paige. And she says, um, Miss Paige, my name is Francesca. And you celebrated my 14th birthday while I was staying at Family Gateway. And it stopped me in my tracks, you guys, because I don't ever get to see these stories this far removed. And I, I, I like, what? What? It was such an Oprah moment for me of like, what is happening? Am I being punked? Tell me more. And so um, she says, uh, I stayed, my family stayed at Family Gateway for months, and I have kept everything from that party. I kept the grass skirt. I kept the lays. I kept the photos, like the ones we took back here. I have all of those. And she said, my sister, when we lived at Interfaith Housing Coalition, so they move from place to place. Yeah. She said, my sister, you celebrated her birthday and she wants to be a veterinarian because of the gift that you gave her. I said, what's your sister's name? She said, Jalea. I said, I remember Jalea. I remember Jalea. And here's this girl, Francesca, 17 years old, taking the bus from South Dallas two and a half hours to Frito-Lay and two and a half hours home every day as the youngest ever intern uh, for Frito-Lay. She is a senior at Skyline High School right now and she knows, she knows that she is worthy 
And she knows that she is on this path and she believes it. She was like, you, you, you instilled a confidence in me. When I, we didn't know if we should be confident in ourselves. And she said, my mom used to say, my mom used to say, everything will be okay, but we never really knew that. But you, when you come in every single month and we celebrated with you month after month, and then you showed up at the other place and you were there too, she was like, that's when I knew that we were worth something. Francesca's gonna do big things in this, in this world, y'all, and I hope you get a chance to meet her. Now she's become like, I'm like, she's become part of our family. Um, I am changed because of that, and I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to hear her story and, and the profound and lasting impact of our parties with her and with her family. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, there we go. It, uh, I didn't think I was gonna cry. Well, <laughs> better you than me. Um, <laughs> I'd <laughs> taken a serious left turn if I'd have started crying. It's an ugly cry with the oh, snot yeah. and the whole uh -huh. thing. It's just not, it's not pretty for anybody. <laughs> what I love about the stories that you tell is because I think it helps us connect better to the way that God works in the world and the way that we see God and Jesus at work in the pages of Scripture. He healed people. He performed miracles. But I think the greatest miracle that Jesus performed in the lives of the people that he came in contact with was to help them understand that God loved them, yes, yes, yes. that God created yes. them as a child of God, and nothing that they had done, nothing that the world could say to them or about them could change that fact. And what I love about the Birthday Party Project and the work that y'all are doing is the opportunities that it creates for people to be reminded of that truth, and yes. to be reminded yes. of that fact. Um, like, little did we know that when we started this, that that is absolutely the end. I mean, like, Jesus is all up in this, you guys. Like, all up in this, story after story. It's just, it, it's incredible. Like, from a celebration to this, to yeah. this lesson. It's, yeah, amazing. Well, one of the reasons why I invited you to come and share with us is to talk about the work that y'all are doing, to help us understand a little bit more about the power of joy in people's lives. Mm -hmm to help us understand a little bit more about the impact that parties can have as we are kicking off this sermon series. But the other reason is because I think it's important that as a church, we're about this work. We're about the work of going out into the world and helping people understand, believe, feel, know that they are created by and loved by God. So this morning, we're gonna announce a formal partnership with the Birthday Party Project. And so what that means for us as a church is we're gonna create opportunities for you to get involved in the work that the Birthday Party Project is doing. When you walked in this morning, we handed you a bulletin, and in the bulletin was a card. And this card is a wish list. So for the next couple of weeks leading up to our birthday, we don't want you to get us anything, but we would like you to buy some presents for some really special kids. So here's what I want you to do with this wish list. On this wish list are the needs of the gifts of the kids who the Birthday Party Project celebrates. I want you to go home and I want you to buy these things and then I want you to bring them back to the church. You can buy a whole bunch of one item or you can buy all the items. I want us to buy out all the stores <laughs> so that all the kids who don't have an opportunity to celebrate their birthday parties on their own will know and feel how loved they are by God through the work that we're able to do in partnership with the Birthday Party Project. That's one thing I want you to do. The other thing that I want you to do is Tomorrow morning when you wake up, there's going to be an email in your inbox. 
And that email is going to tell you a little bit more about the work that the Birthday Party Project does and the work that we hope to do together. And it's going to provide you an opportunity to sign up and to volunteer. They've reserved some spots for us so that we can go and be birthday enthusiasts at their parties. But I hope that you will sign up for all the spots at all their parties, not just the ones that we have set aside for us. This is going to be something that we'll be talking about again and again and again. Because this organization, the Birthday Party Project, and the work that Paige and all of her birthday enthusiasts are doing matches up from a value standpoint with what we believe as a church. That joy matters, that people matter, and that God is at work in all of it. And so I am really excited, Paige, for you to be here this morning and for us to begin this partnership with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank Will you all help me thank Paige for her time this morning? Thank you. Thanks, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you live in the Dallas area, we would love for you to visit us. For directions, service times, and more info, visit us at grove.org.